0: And um, as, as, as elders in the church, you're constantly looking at what are we teaching? What are we sharing on a Sunday? Because um, it's part of our diet as a congregation. It's the Word of God. And um, as elders, is, we always want to hear the Lord in terms of what the congregation needs. And there's normally two ways as you hear the Lord um, that you can approach it. You can either do it prophetically, and what you hear from the Lord, you bring that. And then there's sometimes stuff that we hear from the Lord, regarding the way that we're building. Um, there might be things that, that's lacking in the congregation, and then we strategically, systematically build into certain things. So you've got a bit more sometimes of a teaching approach, and other times you've got more of a prophetic approach, and a preaching, prophetic preaching. And you need both. And so we just felt in the next season, we might tackle some key, foundational, essential truths. And, and maybe for a season, more than ever before, probably build some line-upon-line line teaching, Um, starting from next month onwards, but we'll give you more details on that, but just for a time, we just felt to also just prophetically just hear from the Lord, and it might be random messages for the groups, Uh, and that's okay, because you need both, you know, you need a, you need both those things to work together, Um, so maybe in three, two weeks, three weeks time, we'll kick off something, and, and we'll maybe do it together more as a congregation, same message, same focus, um, but for now, we're still just focusing on what the Lord is saying prophetically. And I, I felt as I asked the Lord what to share on, He took me to John 10. Um, and then I just want to read some verses from the passage, and, then I'll sh- and the Lord gave me a phrase um, that I'll share, and then I'll unpack that a bit. So let's go from John 10, verse 2. Um, the man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Quickly jump to verse 11. I am the good shepherd, Jesus speaking. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep knows me, know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. I have, no, I have other sheep that are not of the sheep In I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Fantastic. And so as I read through that, and I felt this is a passage the Lord gave for me, he gave me this phrase, the Lord hears, God hears, what about our ears? God hears, what about our ears? And I just want to unpack that a bit, and, and I just, in this passage, you hear Jesus speaking that he's the good shepherd, and His sheep knows his voice. But they are strangers' voice, and I think in the time that we're living, there's so much voices, so much noise. Do we know the shepherd's voice? So 1st I want to unpack the first part of the phrase the Lord gave me, God hears. He's a good shepherd. And he's the one that's worthy. He's the one that's holy. There's no one like him. And God is many faceted. He's got many facets to him. Um, He's got many attributes to him. And one of the things is that he's a good father and a good shepherd. That's who he is. And so the heart of a shepherd is to look after his sheep. And God sees us. God is aware of what we are going through, and God hears our cries and He hears our prayers. You read in Psalms, the Psalms are full of the psalmist writing, saying, When I wake up, Psalm 5 verse 3, in the morning when I raise my voice, you hear. Psalm 18 verse 6, in my distress I called upon the Lord, and from the temple the Lord heard my voice. We've got Psalm 116 verse 1 to 2, I love the Lord for you heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy because he turned his ear to me. I will call on him as long as I live. And so I want us to take great comfort of this amidst everything that's going on. God sees and God hears. And he is our rock. He is the stable one. And as everything is shaking around us, he is the unshakable one. And let's take great comfort from this that God sees and God hears. Whether you're calling in a time of distress, or you're just really content with where life is, God sees and God hears. Let's take comfort from that. Um, God even sees the little details in our hearts that we don't always even put words to. God sees and hears those things as well. I remember the church we were before we just joined uh, a church I was part of joined with John and and the guy leading a the congregation there, it was still in those days where you had the box TVs. Remember those box TVs? And um, so it was still in those days. And flat-screen TVs was like, it was incredible. I think they were still called plasma TVs back then. And it was just the flat-screen TV It was like, wow, where does this come from? And um, so most people still had the box TVs. And the, the, the guy leading the congregation, the lead elder, he walked in Tiger Valley. And he walked in this one shopping center. And he walked past one of these flat screen TVs. And um, a lot of people already, guys buying new TVs bought those TVs. So they were already in some houses. And he walked past this and he looked at this and he just thought, I'm quite like it to watch TV on something like this. And then he walked on. So it was just a thought. He realized that it's not a priority for him. He didn't, like his stewardship teaching, it was not on his priority um, list. And so, and so it wasn't a priority, but he just thought it and he walked on. The next day, someone knocked at his door, and he opened the door and he said yes. And said no. The guy that um, rocked up at the lead elders' house said no. I, just yesterday, I was in the shops, and I just felt the Lord when I walked past the television, told me to buy you this TV. So I've got a TV in the car, and she's gonna come and help me carry it. And he was like, "No way! I just thought it." And he said, "Look, I don't want to be rude, but just for interest, like, where did you um, where did this happen?" And the guy said, no, at game here in Tiger Valley. And he's like, no, that is the very shop the day before that he walked past. And he thought that. And um, just the, the little detail, you know, something physical. And something similar happened to me about two years ago oh. um, uh, Lizaldi and I were driving in the car, so it was just one a general conversation. It wasn't like s- we sat down and spoke deeply about something. And she just asked me, a lot of my friends have bicycles and they cycle. And um, she asked me, Haven't you ever wanted a bike? And I said, Look, I've always wanted a bike, but it's not high on the priority list budget wise. I don't see it happening soon. So I just always saw myself as once the kids are done with schooling and they're out of university. I'll be one of those grey, fifty-five-year-olds that gets a bike, because then I'll have a bit more money again. You know, a little bit, bit, bit more margin in the budget. So I've always just so it was always been a desire of mine to have a a bicycle, but I've always parked it because I know I don't want to start exploring that desire, because. Is that high on a priority? And, and so Lizaldi said, but why don't we trust God for it? Why don't we faith for one and you ask the Lord? And, and I said, well, look, at the moment, there's, there's other things on my list that I want to ask the Lord for. And that's not in the top five. So I'm just going to focus on the top five things that I'm trusting God for, stuff that we actually as a family need. So that's not on the list. So, so yeah, we'll park it and we'll see what happens when, when the kids are out of university. Um, and she said, "Well, I'm gonna trust. Ask, I'm gonna ask the Lord for it." I'm like, "Go, go ahead. Uh, if you want to do that, that's fine. I can't tell you not to, but it's it's not the high on my list. But you're welcome to to ask the Lord." That was December of the I think 2018. Um, and so that was the end of the discussion because I said, "I, I want to. You know, it's, it's something I desire, but it's not a big deal. It's not high on the list." And so the next year, 2019, on well, my birthday, um, we had an elders meeting the night before. And um, on my birthday, people in the church invited me for a meal. I felt a bit sick, so I told them, Look, I'm, I'm not too amped for, for a meal. I'm feeling sick. We're going on an outreach in a couple of days' time. Let me just rest, and then I'll be fresh for the outreach. They said, No, come. We really really prepared a meal. Just come sit and eat. I'm like, Okay, you know, they, they've prepared a meal. They said, just come, eat, and go. I'm like, okay, cool. They've opened that door, so I'll, I'll come and go. And so we quickly went for supper then. While we're eating supper, um, as we're finishing up, some of the elders walk in. I'm like, oh, typical Joshian birthday. Guys are going to come and pray for you and prophesy over you. And I'm sick, so it's probably calling the elders. So they're coming. So I'm like, okay, cool. And so we go to where we normally have our elders' meetings. And um, I go in there and I stand and I turn and I wait, you know, almost tick the posture. You know, it's like, okay, Mm, let's go for it. Um, took the posture for prayer and they're like, oh, like smiling. I'm like, okay, what's going on? Um, And so some of them are are doing this and I turn around and there's a bicycle in the room that we're meeting. I'm like, okay. And uh, eventually after a couple of seconds I realized, this is mine. I'm like, no way. So one of the people there, the guys that invited us for for supper, actually felt the night in bed, God said, buy Kevin a bicycle. And not just the entry-level one, it was just slightly above an entry-level one, something I would have never afforded if I went for it. And so I'm like, wow, this is incredible. I've never spoken to anyone that I want a bicycle. Never. I've never told anyone that it's something that I want or something that I trust for. Lizaldi never told someone that she's praying for it. And yeah, God provides a bicycle. Um, so I asked this lady, how many times do you pray about that? She said, no, she thinks probably like once or twice. And it's only the two of us that knew, and God. So in that moment, no one else knew but God knew. And he provided something that was a desire, but not a big desire, but just something that, for me, it was a moment where I realized God sees and God hears. All those little small details. Not even those times where we cry out to him directly, but God sees. And God hears. So take comfort of that. I'm not sure what you're facing or people watching at home, what you're facing, but take comfort that God sees and God hears. So the second one you know, sometimes we pray and things don't happen that we ask for. God didn't say He always answers prayers, He says in, in 1 John that He answers the prayers that's prayed in His will. But I realize sometimes as our desires, God hears every single desire. But as we abide in Him, our desires become His desires. And something starts to shift in His heart. So, although God doesn't, from our point of view, always answer our prayers, He definitely hears them. He definitely hears and He sees. God hears, what about our ears? There's so much noise going on around us. And what do I mean with noise? What do I mean with the other voices? The common things would probably be fear, the lies of the enemy. There's so many lies that we are constantly fighting the battlefield in our minds. There's culture. That would probably be something that comes to mind. You know, The culture around us is a voice that's screaming for us to pull us off track. I know there's people here in the congregation just facing some very... Some, like real challenges where, where people are, are choosing a, a transgender lifestyle, people, teachers in the church, and people are with friends. And now you're suddenly faced with, what do I do in situations like this, where I'm in a class, and someone that is a guy identifies now as a woman, a, a, a boy identifying as a, as a young lady now. How do I handle these things? And suddenly culture is right there in front of us, and there's these voices and there's noise that we are faced with, some of the other things is, our, is ourself, our own ambition, our own independence. You know, especially now with COVID, that's causing us to live in some way smaller and smaller and smaller. That will become a voice because you will get comfortable, you know, just in your space, and that could be a voice and part of the noise. There's your your own dreams, your own opinions. That's all voices. And amidst all of that, there's one voice that really matters, and that's the voice of the shepherd. And how clear, how clearly are you hearing the voice of the shepherd amidst all these voices of the enemy, ourselves, our own thinking, our own desires, and just the world around us? How much are we hearing his voice? And I'm just not speaking about, you know, you're going to buy bread at Pick and Pay. God, Blue Ribbon or Sasko. I'm not, I'm not speaking about that. I'm just speaking about living life. Are you hearing the whispers of God? Are you hearing His heartbeat? Because we're faced with situations and our own opinion aren't always the best. It's really the best. His ways are higher. His thoughts are different. And some we have got to hear His heartbeat, even for the situations that we are facing. Even at home when you're getting a little sleep because you've got a little one there that's keeping you up at night. And I remember when we had the Reese with Colic, three months. You know, it's like before and I said, God, please don't give us a situation like this because we had a difficult one with Leo. And then the first few days you're thinking, oh, hallelujah, this is going well. And then suddenly you realize, oh no. And I remember my prayers in worship for that three months, we're just like, God, please, 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 Lord, please, please, please. I just want to survive through this. Because I knew, I knew, I felt the Lord said, this is a time of testing. This is a time that you've got to persevere through the storm. I heard the Lord in that. So I knew I was just got to see the storm through. But inside of that, I was just like, please, Lord, please, Lord. But I had to fear the heartbeat of the Lord through that. And as we are faced with different things, we've got to hear the heartbeat of the Lord. Um, we're doing an alpha marriage course, Lizaldi and I, and some people in the church, and one of the sessions is on communication. And they just stressed how important it is for a married couple, how important communication is, and how important it is to listen to your spouse. The very important thing. You've got to listen. I mean, the other day Lizalde said something really important and when I see her later on, I'm going to ask her what that was. And I'm just joking. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> but they said to listen is crucial in a relationship. Some of the stats they said that they say in a conversation, it takes about 15 seconds before you have the urge to interrupt the person. 17 seconds, then you already want to chip in. And they say it's the art of listening. This is some of the experts they had on the the little talk. The art of listening actually takes a lot of time and intentional practice. It takes time and intentional practice. And I think even when it comes to the voice of the Lord, for us to really be inclined to hear his whispers amidst all the noise, we're going to need time in his presence, time in his word. And we actually have to train ourselves to intentionally incline our ear. Because we won't just by default listen. I've I've served God for many years, and there's times where I hear the Lord in the going. And then there's times where I actually need to apply myself and incline my ear and exercise to listen. Otherwise, I'll miss his heartbeat. I'll miss what he's saying. So let's incline our ears. In this marriage course, they spoke about, you know, some of the things that can easily cause us not to listen is distractions. We can quickly get disengaged. You know when you sometimes speak to someone and they start looking past you? You know, that's horrible. And some of the things that we face or challenges to our listening is that we get disengaged, distracted. Um, We're so opinionated, so we want to give our opinion, our ideas. And so I find sometimes to really find the heartbeat of God, you've got to make sure that there's times in your walk where you're not distracted, not engaged with something else. Telling the Lord what you think is better, but where you just listen and you just wait. I know sometimes people said it's, you know, I don't always have an hour in the morning to spend time with the Lord. So I've just spent time with the Lord on the go. There's space for that, but you can't just have one or the other. You have to have both. You've got to have times where you just wait on the Lord and just sit and listen. When last did you have a time where you just got all the distractions away? And you just inclined your ear. You've got to listen. There's a story um, about a guy and his friend that was walking along the road in a busy city, um, city central. There was a lot of traffic, a lot of noise, a lot of people walking. Um, day before, masks and social distancing. So it was busy and noisy. And the one guy told his friend, did you hear that? That sound of the cricket? And... His friends like, sure, I don't hear anything. And he listened. He's like, how can you hear the sound of the cricket amidst all the noise of the traffic and the people? And this guy that heard the cricket, he's a zoologist. And he's trained his ear to listen to certain noises in nature. And so he thought he's not going to be able to explain this to his friend. And so he told his friend, listen to this or watch this. And he took out a coin and he dropped the coin on um, on the pavement. And amidst all the traffic and all the noise, when that coin touched the pavement and the clinging sound was heard. All the people around there turned around and started looking. And he said this to his friend, we hear what we listen for. We hear what we listen for. It's basically saying you've got to train your ear to listen to the voice of the shepherd and then you'll hear. Amidst all the noise, you'll be able to hear. Amidst everything that you're facing, you'll be able to hear the voice of the shepherd. God hears. What about our ears? And so my encouragement, I'm not sure what's going to happen tonight and how the rest of the year is going to pan out, but let's take great comfort that God sees, God hears. And let's make sure we incline our ear to the good shepherd. We are his sheep, and we should be knowing his voice. We shouldn't know the voice of the strangers or strangers' voices better than we know the voice of our shepherd. So let's incline our ears. Let's train our ears to listen to the heartbeat and the voice of our God. The important thing that we've got to remember is that we just shouldn't be hearers, but doers of the Word of God. And we've got to apply ourselves to what God is saying. Sometimes we want to hear the heartbeat of God for a situation. And other times God gives us instruction. And we've got to be doers. We've got to be doers. Those who are Willing and obedient will eat the good of the land. I want to end with this psalm um, in 119 verse 3. You have that one? That's a New King James one. I will, I'm just going to read it. Psalm 119 verse 3. Oh, no, sorry, sorry. 119 verse 32. Sorry, sorry. My bad, my bad. Psalm 119, verse 32. I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. So can we pray two things today? Is God, teach us how to hear your voice among the noise. And enlarge my heart. Enlarge my capacity, so that I can run the full course of your commandments. Amen? Can we do that? We've come to an end. Can I just, Christopher, can I pray and... Wrap it up. So can we stand to our feet? I would like to pray for us. And just give you a moment to respond. So you maybe just realize that, as I've been speaking, you just realize that the noises of the world, your own thoughts, your own struggles, the culture of this world, whatever it might be, but there's been so much noise in your your life, and you've neglected to incline your ear. You've neglected to listen. The voice of the shepherd. Then you just want to take a moment now and just respond to the Lord and repent. You don't need to raise your hand. I don't you're not doing this for me. I want you to just respond to God and say, God, forgive me. I've I've stopped to listen. And I'm not hearing because I'm not listening. I just want to repent of that. And just say, God, I want to from this moment on, I just want to incline my ear. I want to train myself to listen. And amidst all the noise to be able to hear your whisper, Lord. So God, as, as your people, as your sheep, we respond to you, our good shepherd. We thank you that you see, that you hear, that we can come to you, that you're a good father, that you're always good, and that we can come to you. And as we live this life, you see those fine details, even those deep desires of our hearts, you see them. You see when we are faced with certain difficulties at work or at home, you see that. And you hear our cry. And we take great comfort from that. That we're not serving just an idea. We're serving a living God who's seated on the throne. And God, we want to repent where we've neglected to listen. To listen to you. To listen to your heartbeat. Your thoughts are higher than ours. Your ways are higher than ours, Lord. And yet sometimes we think we know better. We ask your forgiveness, Lord. And we want to incline our ear. We want to to We want to hear your whispers, God, amidst the noise. And Lord, we pray that you would enlarge our hearts. I pray for every single person here. Enlarge our hearts. Enlarge our capacity to run the full course of your commandments. No matter what's happening after tonight, God, and what lies ahead for the year, we want to run the full course of your commandments, Lord. We thank you that you are not shaken and that we're coming to you, the unshakable one. Lord, we bless you. And I pray that you bless each one richly here, God. Each one here, make your face to shine upon them. May you, each one here know your love, Father. May they know your grace, Lord Jesus. And may they know your continual fellowship, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God, yeah, it was a lacquer afternoon. So can I ask, we need a prep for the next group again. So if you can gradually make your way out by the side doors. And then the guys can set up for the next one. Thank you.